regiments, giving each man a hearty handshake and a sincere glad-to-know-you. As Custer finished, he slapped his gloves in his other hand while the three veteran commanders, all lieutenant colonels like John, stood in stunned silence, gaping at their new commander. General Kilpatrick broke the silence. I must be off to Division HQ. You have a fine brigade here, and every commander has proven himself in battle to my satisfaction. We march tomorrow, so get settled, and be at Division HQ at 7 sharp for your instructions. Farewell, gentlemen. I've enjoyed being your brigade commander. Everyone saluted as General Kilpatrick quickly walked toward his horse, mounted, and trotted away. Custer turned back to his new quartet of regimental commanders, his face serious for the first time. As General Kilpatrick said, gentlemen, the division marches at dawn tomorrow. General Meade has replaced General Hooker as commander and is taking the Army of the Potomac into Maryland to get between Lee's army and the Capitol. I specifically asked General Pleasanton for the Michigan Brigade, and he graciously has allowed me to command you. I'll get to know all of you better as the days pass. But as we start out on this campaign, know this one thing. We will be the goddamned best brigade in the division, in the Cavalry Corps, and in the entire Army of the Potomac, or we'll lay dead on the field of battle. The papers say the Reb cavalry is better than us, and that's donkey crap. We're going to whip Johnny Reb's ass every time we meet him until no gray belly wants anything to do with the Michigan Brigade, and that's a promise. I'll lead you to glory, or my name isn't George Armstrong Custer, and by God, that's just what it is. Custer smiled at the stunned men listening to him and dramatically slammed his white gauntlets against his pants leg. Now get your regiments ready for the march. I'll send for you as soon as I get back from the division briefing tonight, so you can make your final plans. He took the salutes from the four lieutenant colonels and watched as they turned to depart. Oh, Colonel White, would you stay a moment, please? John stopped and stood silently beside Custer while the other three commanders rode off. Everyone had many things to get done if their regiment was to be ready to march at sunrise. Custer stuck out his hand again. Well, Colonel White, you don't mind if I call you John when the situation allows. John mentally shook his head, reeling under the surprise of Custer's rapid rise from the rambunctious, unreliable young Custer who had left him as a lieutenant barely eight months earlier. Certainly not, sir. Whatever you want. Once again, my congratulations on your promotion. Custer laughed. It was a surprise to me, I assure you. I was a brevet captain on General Pleasanton's staff and had no idea it was coming. Me and Elon Farnsworth. You know him, don't you? A staff officer in the 2nd Division? Both of us, from captain to brigadier general in one step. Pleasanton told Meade he wanted some aggressive commanders in his cavalry command, so here we are. And that poses the reason I ask you to stay. Custer's face became serious. I'm certain you never expected this, John, and I need to know. Can you serve under me? 
Or would you rather I get you a new assignment? Perhaps in the other brigade? General Kilpatrick says you're a damn fine regimental commander, but he doesn't want trouble between us. He'll find another place for you in the division. Do you need some time to think it over? John gulped. He had not anticipated having to make this kind of decision, but he knew the answer as soon as he heard the question. No, General, I don't want to leave my regiment under any circumstances. Custer nodded, his face showing a relief he did not allow into his voice. Marvelous! You keep your regiment then, and please, when we're not engaged in official duties, you may call me Audie. I'll get enough of General from everyone else. As you wish, General, uh, Audie. I must be honest with you, sir. You know why I left the British Army. I cannot stand silent if you should choose to send my regiment into a fruitless attack just because your fighting spirit is up. If I think it's wrong, I'm going to tell you straight away. Custer again slapped his gauntlet against his thigh, apparently enjoying the crack of leather, while nodding his head so vigorously that his golden ringlets bounced all around his shoulders. Damn right you are. I want you to. I know I can do this job, John. I also know I'm the gall-dangedest hothead in the Union Army. When I get my wind up, and you think I'm about to make a critical error in judgment, speak up. I swear to you, I may not do what you want, but I'll listen to you and evaluate your reasoning. Fair enough? You listened to me when I worked for you at Army HQ. I'll return the...